Revelation chapter 7 and verse 9, a message I've entitled Palm Sunday in Heaven. Palm Sunday in Heaven, Revelation chapter 7. After this I beheld, and lo, a great multitude which no man could number, of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues, stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands. And cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which sits upon the throne, and unto the Lamb. Thank you. You may be seated. Looking at Palm Sunday in heaven. Of course, this is Palm Sunday today, and I hope you got your palms there, those reeds. In fact, it was Palm Sunday at another church, and a man had fallen asleep during the sermon. Now, the preacher was going on and on about heaven and hell, and at one point... The preacher shouted, if you think you really want to go to hell, be honest about it and stand up. Well, just then, a little boy sitting behind the sleeping man brushed his palm across the back of that man's neck. Well, that startled the man and he stood straight up. He looked to his left. He looked to his right. And then he looked at the preacher. He said, preacher, I don't know what we're voting on, but it looks like you and I are the only ones that are for it. Let's look at Palm Sunday in heaven by way of introduction. This passage I just read to you out of Revelation chapter 7 has nothing to do with Palm Sunday. It has nothing to do with Palm Sunday. Instead, it describes the occupants of heaven. In particular, those who have suffered great tribulation. Look down in verse 14. It says, These are they which came out of great tribulation and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. However, the similarities between this passage in Revelation 7 and Palm Sunday are very noteworthy. Both have a large crowd. Both use palm branches. And both crowds are shouting about salvation. Of course, the differences are also apparent. One is on earth. The other is in heaven. One anticipates salvation. The other is enjoying salvation. One is carried out by sinful people, the other in heaven by sinless people. This morning we will focus on the similarities. The first similarity I want you to notice is that the crowd is innumerable. The crowd is innumerable. Now there will be multitudes of people in heaven. Look what John says here in verse 9. He says, I beheld a great multitude which no man could number. There will be multitudes of people in heaven. God knows the exact number, but John was unable to count them. I just told somebody this morning, I can only count to 20, and that's with my shoes off. Uh, But John was unable to count how many people he saw there in heaven. In John chapter 12 and verse 2, the same Apostle John indicates that first Palm Sunday, there was this huge crowd that really couldn't be numbered. It says there on the next day, much people that came to the feast when they heard Jesus coming to Jerusalem. And the rest of that says that they get their palm branches and everything ready. And, of course, Matthew concurs. He says, A very great multitude spread their garments in the way. Others cut down branches from the trees and strawed them in the way. While there will be countless souls in heaven, there won't be as many as we may think there will be. While there will be countless souls in heaven. John again, he sees this crowd in Revelation chapter 7. He says, no man can number how many people were there. There will be countless souls in heaven. There won't be as many as we think there will be. Many on earth are just now 
playing church. They show up. They sing up. They listen up. But they never connect up with God through Jesus Christ. Some of you may be in this very room. You show up. When it's time to sing, you sing up. When it's time to listen, you listen up. But you never connect up with Almighty God through Jesus Christ. You're just playing church. Plenty of good church-going people have not yet received Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. They've never invited Jesus Christ in their heart, believing Jesus died on the cross to pay for their sins, that Jesus was buried for their sins, and a third day Jesus rose again from the dead. Oh, they know that. They can tell it to you, but they've never received it personally. Showing up is good. Singing up is good. Listening up is good. But if you never connect up with Almighty God through Jesus Christ, it's a waste of time. You're not going to heaven. Indeed, these folks that are just playing church may one dear, or may one day hear the saddest words in all the Bible, the saddest words in all of human history. And they're spoken by Jesus Christ and found in Matthew chapter 7, beginning in verse 21. Notice what he says, Not everyone that says unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils. And in thy name done many wonderful works. Here it is. Saddest words in the Bible. Saddest words in all of human history. And then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Now these are people that showed up. These are people that sang up. These are people that listened up, but they never connected up. And they will hear the saddest words in all the Bible, the saddest words in all of history, when Jesus himself looks at them in the face and says, get out of here. I don't know who you are. Think about it. These people said the right things. They called him Lord. They said the right things. They did the right things. Notice what they said they did. We prophesied in your name. We cast out demons in your name. We did wonderful works in your name. They said the right things. They did the right things. They never received the right one. Just like that first Palm Sunday. The crowds were praising Jesus. They were saying the right thing. They were calling him King of Israel. They were calling him Messiah. They were saying, Hosanna, save us. They said the right things. And the people were waving and placing palm branches before him. They were doing the right things. You know what that was when they were waving and placing those palm branches? Number one, it was an act of worship. They were actually carrying out an act of worship. They were worshiping Jesus as he came into Jerusalem on that donkey. But it was not only an act of worship, it was an acknowledgement of royalty. Because they had those branches they were waving, and then especially when they laid them down on the street so that Jesus' donkey would walk across them, they were acknowledging He was royalty. And indeed, He was the King of kings and Lord of lords. We still carry out this tradition today at weddings. You know, when the bride, for the day anyway, she's royalty. She's the queen. And we don't want the queen to have to walk on common ground like everybody else. So what do we do? We send a little flower girl with petals, flower petals, and we have her spread them across the aisle. 
And that way when the bride, as queen, walks down the aisle, she doesn't have to walk on common ground like all the rest of us. She's queen, at least for the day. And when these people did that for Jesus, so that he would not have to walk on common ground, his donkey would not have to step on common ground, they were not only acknowledging this was an act of worship, they were acknowledging he is royalty. But thirdly, when they waved those palms, it was an acclamation of victory. Palms symbolized victory. When they're waving those palm branches, they're saying, you are going to bring us victory, Jesus. They said the right things. They did the right things. They received Jesus publicly, but they never received him personally. And that's what I'm talking about here, the people play in church. They show up, they sing up, they listen up. They receive Jesus publicly, but they never receive him personally. And the reason that's so tragic is the only way to get to heaven is not by going to church. The only way to get to heaven is by having Jesus Christ in your heart. You must receive him personally. Well, these folks received him publicly, not personally. You know what the evidence is that I know? Some of these very people by Friday were shouting, Crucify Him! Crucify Him! These same people that publicly received Him, that waved their branches, that put their branches on the ground, that put their clothing on the animals so Jesus could sit on it. Some of these very same people who said the right things and did the right things by Friday, five days later, saying, Kill Him! We don't want Him! He's not what we thought He was going to be. The Lord they praised that Palm Sunday became the Lamb they sacrificed that Good Friday. But we see the similarity now. The crowd was innumerable. Secondly, the crowd is international. The crowd is international. There is no discrimination in heaven. Heaven is open to all who receive Christ, regardless of nationality, ethnicity, ancestry, even vocabulary, the language they speak. Look back to verse 9. John writes, They were there from all nations, all kindreds, all people, all tongues. Heaven is open to all who receive Christ, regardless of nationality, ethnicity, ancestry, or vocabulary. You remember that little children's song, Jesus Loves the Little Children, All the Little Children of the World? When I was a kid, it was red and yellow, black and white. They are precious in His sight. But somebody came along later on and changed the word. And now it's Jesus loves the little children, all the little children of the world. Every color, every race, they are covered by his grace. It kind of sounds good except for the fact I want those people to know and I want you to know there is only one race. It's called the human race. Now the human race may have different colors of skin, may have different shapes of eyes. There is only one human race. And so when that song says every color, every race, what are they talking about? That's the kind of stuff that causes us to, to divide ourselves, thinking that there's multiple races. There's no multiple race. There's one race, the human race. And notice, they're all welcome in heaven. There's no discrimination in heaven. Every nationality, every ethnicity, every ancestry, every vocabulary, what divides us on earth is united in heaven because when we get to heaven, we will recognize there that we are the people of God. We will have no concern about what we were as people of earth. Heaven is not a place of discrimination. 
Heaven is a place of inclusion. Notice all are invited to go there. All are invited to go there. Romans 10.13 puts it this way. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whosoever. Whosoever. All are invited to go there. And all are equal once we get there. I want you to notice from the text, everybody is wearing white robes. Now, white robes, that's symbolic of purity. And it's not so much that we're wearing white robes. We're actually wearing the righteousness of Christ. Paul talks about that in Philippians 3.9. He says, And to be found in Him, not having my own righteousness, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. All are equal once we get there. Everyone is wearing white robes. Everyone is wearing white robes. Everyone's carrying palms, it says. Now, palms were used in celebrations, particularly in celebrations of victory. Now, why would these people in heaven be waving palms of victory? Well, notice what Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 15, 57. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. All are invited to go there. All are equal once we get there. All are children of God. Now, that first Palm Sunday, the crowd was primarily Jewish. But they were from all over the known world. They had come to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover. And so Passover was an international celebration, so that first Palm Sunday was also an international celebration. And so as we compare what happens in heaven yet to the future and what happened that first Palm Sunday, we see, first of all, the crowd is innumerable. We see, secondly, that the crowd is international. And thirdly, we see the crowd is inspirational. The crowd is praising God for his salvation. Look back to verse 10. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God who sits upon the throne and under the Lamb. They are praising God, the Father who sits on the throne. They are praising God, the Son, who's called the Lamb here. God the Father conceived the plan of salvation, and God the Son carried out the plan. And so, they are being praised. That first Palm Sunday, the crowd essentially cried the same thing. First of all, they shouted Hosanna. Now, the word Hosanna means save us. Save now. Please save. They were actually quoting the Messianic Psalm. Psalm 118, verses 25 and 26. You can look it up on your own time. And when you read it, you might say, well, it sounds like Palm Sunday. Yeah, that's what they were doing. They were quoting Scripture. They acknowledged Jesus as God's representative, the Messiah. And in fact, they were asking God to save them. Matthew picks up on this in Matthew 21.9. It says, And the multitudes that went before and followed cried, saying, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Now the heavenly crowd in Revelation 7 looks forward, excuse me, the heavenly crowd is praising God for saving them. The Palm Sunday crowd looks forward to God's salvation, looks forward to God's revelation. Palm Sunday looks forward, and Revelation 7 9 looks backwards. Palm Sunday crowd, they're looking forward to the cross. Please save us. Revelation 7 9, they're looking back at the cross, saying, Thank you for saving us. But I want you to note the stark difference between how the praise is received. That first Palm Sunday, there was rebuke. 
When Jesus shows up, the crowds are there, the donkey is there, the palms are there, there's rebuke. First of all, in Revelation, or excuse me, Matthew 21 and verse 16, the religious leaders come up to Jesus and they say, Do you not hear what these people are saying? And Jesus said to them, Yea, have you not ever read, Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings thou hast perfected praise? And then Luke puts it a little more stark. In Luke chapter 19, beginning in verse 39. It says, And some of the Pharisees from among the multitude said unto him, Master, rebuke your disciples. And he answered and said unto them, I tell you that if these should hold their peace, the stones would immediately cry out. I want to think about that for a minute. We know how we praise God. We sing and, you know, we shout. But how do rocks praise God? Because Jesus said, you know, if these people will not praise me, the rocks will. Fast forward to Good Friday. Jesus is on the cross. Nobody's praising him. People are making fun of him. Even his own disciples, while they believed that Jesus would be their Savior, now they see him dead on the cross. They're thinking, well, he's not what we thought he was going to be. A dead man can't save us now. But what happened? The Bible says that at the moment Jesus died, there was a great earthquake. You know what I think happened? Nobody was praising Christ on the cross. And so guess what? The rocks did, just like he said. He said, if people won't praise me, the rocks will. Nobody was praising Jesus, and the rocks did. This is the worst joke I've ever heard because I just thought of it. That was probably the first rock concert. Wasn't that terrible? That was horrible. Why did I say that? I don't know. But in heaven, the praises of the redeemed inspires praise from the angels. We read through verse 10. Look at verse 11. And all the angels stood round about the throne and about the altars and the four beasts and fell before the throne in their faces and worshipped God, saying... Amen. You know what amen means? I agree. So the redeemed are up there around the throne praising God, and it so inspires the angels, they say, I agree. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be unto our God forever and ever. Amen. On earth, the praise of Jesus ends up with rebuke. Hey, tell your people to be quiet. In heaven, the praise of God's people causes the angels to rejoice. And we trust this morning you will be inspired as we present our own version of Palm Sunday. In a few moments, somebody portraying Jesus is going to come through these doors. And every year, people want to, who is it? Who is it? And they they focus on who it is. I'll tell you who it is. It's Andy Gibson. It's no secret. Sandy Gibson. Same guy that stood over here and messed up our last song. Andy Gibson. (laughs) Please don't focus on who's that dressed up. That's not the point. He's portraying Jesus. And you have your palms with you. We're going to ask you to use those. As Jesus comes through these doors, and he's going to make it all the way around. Don't worry. We're going to reenact that first Palm Sunday. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to consider with which crowd you identify this morning. 
Do you identify with that Palm Sunday crowd who's looking forward to salvation? That's still asking God, please save me. Or do you identify with the Revelation 7 crowd who are already saved? Which crowd? With which crowd do you identify? I hope all of you can say, well, I identify with the Revelation 7, 9 crowd. I've already been saved. I was saved five years ago. I was saved 10 years ago. I was saved 50 years ago. Jesus Christ is my Savior. I know I'm on my way to heaven. I hope that's you. But there may be some of you here who can't say that. There may be some of you here that would say, I'm not saved yet. I'm like that Palm Sunday crowd. I'm still shouting out. I'm still thinking about, God save me. That's okay. Because you don't have to wait any longer. Right where you're sitting or later, right where you're standing, you can invite Jesus Christ to come into your heart and be your Savior. You can believe He died on the cross to pay for your sins. He was buried for your sins and He rose again the third day for you. You don't have to be waiting anymore. You can walk out of this place today saved on your way to heaven. And if you've been playing church, stop it. Stop it. Invite Christ to come into your heart. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. And if today is the day that you invite Jesus Christ to come in your heart, what a perfect way to remember it. You'll always look back and say, you know, it was a Palm Sunday. I remember it was a Palm Sunday. And I took my palm and I laid it before this man that was playing Jesus. And while I've done that before, it really meant something this time. Because symbolically I was laying my life before Christ my Savior. So with which crowd do you identify this morning? The Palm Sunday crowd who's asking to be saved? Who's still waiting to be saved? Or the Revelation 7 crowd who's already been saved and praising God for it? As Jesus comes by you, lay down your palm before Him. If you are saved... Celebrate your salvation by giving thanks to God. If you are yet unsaved, receive Christ personally as your Savior to experience His saving, eternal grace. Don't waste this opportunity to lay down a palm and just play more church. Lay your life before the Lord Jesus Christ. Receive Him as your Savior. And you will be blessed forever. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time together. We thank you for the excitement of Palm Sunday. Everybody received you. They were all excited. And then that all changed less than a week later. May that never be said of us. May we receive you publicly. May we receive you personally. And Father, may we stay with you and worship you and worship your Son forever. We look forward to standing in that big crowd in heaven around the throne one day, praising you forever. Bless this time of invitation. Father, so many in this room, like myself, are saved. We can lay our palms before 
the portrayal of Jesus Christ and thank you for our salvation. If there are those here who cannot say the same, give them grace and faith to believe right here, right now, today. And as they lay their palm before Jesus Christ, may they truly lay their hearts before him and be saved. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please do not use a hymnal for this last song. It will be up on the screen. So you can be ready when Jesus comes by to lay your palms before him and to reenact Palm Sunday. May you stand together.